0: actually did a i did a, a fake infomercial once for this product called Ritikid, and uh, it's a <laughs> it's like an at-home abortion kit oh my god <laughs> and i wrote a jingle for it and this and it was all this was all like satire you know but it was um let's see you're knocked up again. You got a date at 10. Get rid of kid. Rid of kid. Rid of kid. Rid, of kid. rid you of those kids.
1: <laughs> and at the end, Ken Faree says, if you want to get rid of it, I can take it's care of that point. It's not too late, and
0: it's... I know how. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that man is good for the coat hanger. let me tell you, you know.
2: It's like you've got no
1: Well, folks, welcome to the Sin Beef Podcast. And one of your hosts, Gary Hill, with you tonight is Iris. Hello, hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. I'm excited to record with you, too. Yeah, the other person in question, uh, she's been away a while, you know, uh, dealing with the shitty customers and general fatigue. But she's here with us tonight, and, and we're very excited. Jamie Simmons, how are you?
0: I am doing great. I am so excited to be here. I am full of energy and vim and verve and any other adjectives that you can think of that describe someone who's excited. I'm ready. to so <laughs> I can gross. think of a
3: few. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it has been way too long, so I've missed you.
1: Oh, we've missed you too. She's okay. No, I missed her too. <laughs> oh, am I? Gonna... You're you're fine, okay. I I, I love you, and know, you know this, you know. I'm gonna ask Jamie first. It's been a while. What's she been watching lately?
0: Oh, let's see. I went to see something at the theater. Oh, Pet Cemetery. I went to <laughs> Pet Cemetery. What's it that good? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually really love the ending of that movie. Like the very end of that movie. I was like, "What? I loved it. It was it was fun." It has its issues. Yeah, but I am not one of those people that flat out hated it. Brian did. He did not like it. I didn't have that many issues with it. I actually just kind of let myself because they just they chose to do some things differently. They chose to go in a different direction. And honestly, when you're doing when you're remaking something that is a well-known property, I think that's okay. Like I I don't mind it if you kind of go off the rails a little bit. And the ending was so dark. I just, I was down with it. I'm like, that's very cool. So I enjoyed that part. Other than that, we've been doing, slowly creeping through the collection as uh, as usual. And, uh, oh, I've watched four movies recently for a new recording of the ABCs of Hidden Horror that we are planning Tomorrow night, that show is coming back. It has been months since we have recorded an actual letter episode. And Dave will be there. We also have a special guest. Andrew Huff will be joining us from Friday the 13th. So I'm very excited about that. It's, um, I'm looking forward to that. So in one week, I have come back to Cinema Beef. We're going back to ABCs. Like it's been a big week. Liking it? <laughs> yeah, we've actually talked about that. We have talked about that, and Brian came up with an idea for a new show. And um, but we're like, when when would we do that? When I when would that be a post. thing? But um, but his idea is really good. It's just uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get it done. But it's it actually is a really fun idea for a show because you know it's like we like to do um specifically themed shows to. Uh, like ABCs or like liking it because there's so many horror podcasts out there you have to uh, differentiate yourself and Brian is really good because he was the he was the brainchild behind ABCs he's really good at coming up with cool ideas to base a show around and this one would be a really fun show so I would like to actually do it and we'll see what happens but um,
1: I have an idea for you literary people okay you ones that write things I, I'm not big on this but you guys could have fun with this. Just think of it as, like, a Mad Libs for, like, writing. Like, somebody starts a story. Let's say you write, like, three pages. And, like, the next person would write three pages, but totally deter in a really weird way from what you're writing. uh uh-huh. And, like, and then the next person would totally deter from what they're writing. It'll seem to be like a, be like a disjointed story, but kind of like a Mad Libs for writing, like let's let's see which way they go with this kind of deal, and
0: or like a game of telephone. Yes, but...
1: <laughs> it could be really outlandish, I think, and really fun if it, If I had any creative bones in my body, but I know a lot of folks do.
0: That would that that would actually be interesting to see where people would take it. I have done some narration for a story, a group story that Brian was part of several years ago. He did. It was a Cthulhu. Mythos story, because duh. But um, they, there were like seven different writers, I think, and each one of them did a portion. And I actually did the, the narration of that story, and for Lovecraft easing, and that was that was a fun story. It was really fun to see where people would pick up and then take those characters, and then the next person would have to pick up where that person. But they, and they, you know, were trying to make a cohesive story, so. It's a little bit different from oh, what you were
1: saying. I'd want to just join it as well. I think it'd be hilarious.
0: <laughs> but it was, it was still, it was fun. It was interesting. I've also been really trying to put some energy into narration because that's something I love doing. I love voice work. The issue is, I keep getting offers, and I've I've got it, gotten a ton of offers. I've gotten probably eighteen offers since October to do books, but. Ooh. They're all erotica. Well that's, why all, not? <laughs> that's all anyone is 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 asking me to do. Now I don't have a problem. I am not a prude. I don't have a problem with erotica. It's not that at all. It's just that I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, come on. Like, I want to do something. The problem with that is that unfortunately, just like anything else, there's a stigma. Now, if I wanted to just make money, then I could do that, you know, and then that wouldn't be a problem. But it's difficult to take something like that and then move forward with it into something bigger, you know?
1: It, so, reminds, it reminds you of a line that the great Allison Janney said 10 Things I Hate About You. What's another word for
0: engorged?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think she says two missions or something like that, you know?
0: Yeah, I, um, I'm um, i really... I'm, I'm thinking maybe I should get an agent or something. Like, I don't you know. You should, you know, because I am... A gal that I know
3: from LA, she used to be the voice for the Playboy channel on the radio. She used to do their commercials. And now she is gone from podcasting to radio to she is now the news girl, excuse me, on the Adam Carolla show. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so she, But she actually did some adult, adult content and was able to, to move on from that. That's yes. that's so, You
3: know, don't,
0: don't knock it. Cause I know I'd listen. <laughs> and you know, I, and like I said, I don't have an issue with it. I actually enjoy doing that. It's just, I just, I don't want to get, um, I don't want to get stuck in a rut to where that's all that I can do, you know, because I like to do different gas-typed. things, you know, yeah, you don't want to really get cast typed right. on that. Yeah. And, um, you know, if anyone ever listens to the projection booth, mm-hmm. I used to do, I don't know
1: if <laughs> I knew that was you, I was going to ask this question.
0: Oh, did you not know? Uh uh-uh. Oh yeah. That was me. That was me that used to do their ads for uh, Adam and Eve. See? Um, but yeah, that was me. <laughs> and, and I don't know if they still run those ads. Cause unfortunately I have They, they do. do. I think so. I haven't been able to listen to the show in a while, but, um, yeah, for the longest time I would do the, I would do those Adam and Eve ads for projection booth. And I love doing that. I don't, I, it's not, not, not that it's not fun. It is fun. And I like reading erotica. It's fun. You know, but I just like, yeah, like I don't want to get typecast. I don't want to get stuck. I would like to just because I like variety. I like to do different things. So but I just think it's interesting and kind of hilarious that that's what I keep getting offers for. <laughs> like, you got okay.
1: the perfect voice for it. Maybe it's because <laughs> of that jingle. Men if you listen, now you can find this jingle. She says it's not hard. She says it's just like that, too, you know sexy, like. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just look for it, okay, guys. If, if you want to hear it, go ahead. You know.
0: Go listen to the projection.
1: Because <laughs> Jamie had his lines; it's not hard. <laughs> I think some men would disagree with her. You know.
0: Uh, I and love that. you would didn't... too. Jeez. Uh, I love that you didn't know that was me. That's hilarious. I had
1: no, t- I I, I, had a, I had an inkling. But I wasn't 100% sure. That's just something you ask somebody sometimes. Especially if you're bashful like, like I am, see.
0: <laughs> hey, is that you peddling smut? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> day, and I would say, yes, yes it is.
1: <laughs> one day, we're, we're going to meet one day for sure. I was going to wait for that day probably. Hey, is that you on the anime commercial? It's like, yeah, that is. Like, oh, it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh... You little minx. Anything else you were watching, girl?
0: Um, oh, just for fun, last night we watched The Howling because Brian likes to make me happy on occasion. Oh,
1: that Mon-chi-chi. I do <laughs> I do love D. Wallace though as a person, so there we go. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, I think. Yeah. Bam, bam. Iris.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: What you been watching?
3: You know, I have been on this really weird, esoteric type of kick because I've been watching stuff like fire in the sky and then there was i watched a true story of travis walton and then i watched skinwalker ranch i don't know why but you know that's where my interests lie here lately and then that led me i don't know how that led me to hero and i started watching hero and then the dagger the house of the flying daggers and yeah so i've been all over the place but mostly, and then I've been doing a lot of reading, so I, it's just very, very weird. But yeah, that's that's where I've been. And then a lot of YouTube videos, because I've been playing a lot of Skyrim, and nerd. I've been doing a lot of modding, so I've been looking at uh, different mods and stuff, and I don't know. I mean, that's just the nerd. The, the nerd. <laughs> right? Nerd,
0: the nerd, nerd in me. <laughs> that's hot. <laughs>
3: uh, oh, that makes me excited.
0: <laughs> nerds are nerds are hot. <laughs> yes, they are, but yeah, yeah, you've got one of the biggest nerds. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting over here next to me. Play, I think he's playing, playing games, it. right? He yeah. is. Yeah, he's. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing Metro. He got it in for review. I think, I think <gasps> Ooh, that's what he's playing. really?
3: Yeah, I've been looking at that too. That looks really good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's all
0: I've been doing. Fire in the sky freaked me out when I saw out. that that whole that eye thing. Yeah. Yes, I I can't with that. <laughs> I was just like ah. There, was quite
3: a bit. A little bit. I don't know if you could call it body horror or medical horror, but yeah, when they put that stuff in his mouth and they put that that web for that, I don't know, like membrane on top of him and then they open it up so he can breathe. Ah, I was
0: like, ah. there was an alien movie a few years ago. Oh man. It, Oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. It's it shoot. It actually was very visceral. It was an indie film, I think. And there, it was about, there was one guy who had been abducted before and no one believed him, you know, of course. And then, um, Things started happening, and then so finally people started to believe him because it was you know happening. But it starts off kind of slow, and then it gets really visceral at the end, and it's pretty nasty, but in a, in all the good ways. And I oh man, I can't remember what the hell it was called. I'll have to think on that, and maybe Jamie Jamie Jenkins it back if I can remember what it's called. <laughs> but it's definitely worth a watch. I've seen it a couple times, and it I want to say it was like 2015 or something. It was an extinction, was it? Oh. Well, you know what? Let me look. Let me look it up, and I'll see. I don't know. There were so many alien movies a few years ago. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it was you know that
3: big battle in LA for LA because that, that was all kinds of stuff. Fire, not a fire in the sky, but a dark skies.
1: What was the one where it was a zombie was movie, and then all of a sudden at the end it was fucking flying saucers and shit? Was Astro this, zombies? Was this like no? Un- oh, this is like a like a serious movie or something I think it was called Undead or something like that oh the no it was like The Rapture or something happening at that movie it was fucking strange like this serious zombie film all of a sudden people start floating in the air for no good reason
0: Oh uh, yeah, that was Undead. I, as a matter of fact, that's one of the movies we're covering for ABCs tomorrow. I
1: did not
0: know that. With the nice. the Australian film or yes, New Zealand film? Yes, yeah, um, that's Un. That's Undead. It has Mungo McKay as the uh, crazy, well, there's redneck survival guy. Um, yeah, it's uh pretty interesting. I and mean, it was right at sort of it was a, like around two thousand four, two thousand five, and it was like right at the beginning of the zombie glut. So they came out ahead of the pack a little bit, and it was um, done by the Spearig brothers, who are the same guys, unfortunately, who made Winchester.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch that movie. I heard Um, nothing of bad things. It was
0: not great. (laughs) It was not. It was very sad that it was not great
1: because. The story is a good story.
0: Like, as far as the true story. story. Yeah, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to make a good film out of. that story it's a it's a phenomenal story plus they had helen mirren i know i know don't don't
1: forget the slender man movie you know it's that's a that's some lore they didn't use there i I didn't watch the film i heard nothing but bad things though
0: yeah it was not good either sadly
1: i I did watch the bye-bye man though for some reason
0: (laughs) that was not good either sadly and that sadly sadly and that that was because and that was that's a really fun interesting uh Urban legend type thing, uh, the um, the Bye Bye Man. Unfortunately, the people who made the movie apparently have never heard of it. Like it's, you would think they never did any research at all, and because they just, I don't know what they were doing. It was it was a mess. If they'd actually kept the story, what was as it's written. Because I think it, I'm not sure if it's an actual urban legend or if it was a short story that was written as if it were an urban legend. It did come from a book, though. But I don't remember if it was a collection of true urban legends or if it was a collection of, you know, fictitious urban legends. But it was, anyway, it was, I read it. It was very interesting. And the film just messed it all up. Because they didn't, they just did random things and didn't tell you why. And Like, the whole train thing, there's a reason for that. But they didn't bother to tell you that in the movie. Like, they didn't explain anything, and it just seems so random. And if you don't know the story, then it means nothing, and it's a waste. True, true, true. I don't like it when people take a good story and just can't seem to do it right. Like, what is wrong with you? Oh, Daybreakers, that's the other thing that the Spirit Brothers have done. And uh, Jigsaw. So... I mean, they've done quite a few I things, think and I have, like Daybreakers. That's the one with. Like, I like it okay. The vampires, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I've seen them before. Yeah,
0: the 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 vampires that live in the world, like it, the world is cater caters to vampires. So, yes. like all the cars have like special windshields and stuff like that, to so that they can drive around in the daylight. It's you know, I think that was pretty fun. I remember when I watched it in the theater that. I had some issues with it, but overall I think I liked it. And we recently got a, got a copy of it and we haven't watched it yet though, but Brian got a copy of it just cause I think he found it cheap somewhere. Nice. So anyway, oh, I don't, man. Anyway, yeah. I don't even know why I was talking about all That's that. Okay. Why was oh, okay. cause you brought up undead and I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I was talking about that other alien movie and no, it's not extinction. Although I, I, I did see that. Um, god damn it I think it's a i think it is a one word title though blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when i I hate getting old you're anyway. not even close babble 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 I am too
1: I'm not forty uh, Iris. My, my my bones will tell you that I'm old though just
0: I'm half a
3: century old already that's so weird
1: oh, you're half a century year half a century years young come on yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, me I've I haven't watched a ton as far as like, you know, let's watch some quality films. But I I watched almost the full runner comic book men because it's on uh Amazon Prime and I enjoy spending time with those people. I I've, I've met Mike de Mike Zapsik and Ming Chen and Brian Johnson a long time ago when he was skinny Brian Johnson. Now now he's, you know, bearded and, and you know, a heavier man, but Back when I see him, he was still, uh, he was still Steve Dave, uh, wait for like from all rats. And uh, I enjoy spending time with those guys. I realize if you, if you if you watch the show, and I've heard this from from friends that sell toys and are vendors that it's all staged. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I just, I just find it entertaining. So there's there's that. And um, <clears throat> what else? What else? What else? Watching a lot of hero stuff because tomorrow I go see Avengers End Game. So, I've been watching, re-watching, like, the first, the stuff I haven't watched a lot of, like, Thor, the first Thor, um, Iron Man 2, which I have a greater appreciation for now, Doctor Strange, which I have never seen until I started, I, I watched it, like, a couple days ago, um, and, uh, at some point at work tomorrow, I'll watch, uh, Advent, uh, Avengers Infinity War, just to, just to watch it again, not that I haven't seen it 40 times already, you know, but... I still, I still, uh, shit watch it, I guess, before I go to the 10 a.m. T- screening I'm going to tomorrow. I'm going to be so fucking tired of them getting out of there. I'm going, I'm going from, pretty much from work with zero sleep to a three hour movie. And, uh.
0: Oh, Gary, that is a recipe for you falling asleep. Oh, I'm, I, I'm not going to fall asleep.
1: <laughs> I have a feeling I'm not going to. I'm going to suck down that Cherry Coke till the day is long and,
0: uh. You better put in a catheter. That's
1: it. That'll hurt the pee hole there. We'll see. Or
0: where it depends.
1: Oh, there's
3: there's condom catheters. You don't have to put it into
1: the pee hole. Mm, I don't even want to think about that, Iris. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Only thing of interest. I I would call it of interest. I, I watched Happy Death Day to you, and I didn't like it very much. And I will tell you why I didn't like it very much. For some reason, they chose to explain everything in a really stupid way about these Asian kids building some kind of time ripple machine or some bullshit. And it wasn't as fun as that first movie by by any means. And I just got really bored about a half an hour in and didn't really get any better. It it was like a lame butterfly effect. Like all of a sudden, hey, my mom's alive. But I'm going to stay in this room where my mom's alive. And I can give a flying fuck at that point. It was just so fucking boring and like sucked the soul out of that first one. Jamie, you probably saw us. What do you think about it?
0: I don't think it's nearly as fun as the first one. I did I did like it okay, but they completely went away from the horror part and it's it was like a clown shoes the whole straight time. Up, straight up comedy. And I but I love tree. I love her as a character, so That's the I girl's still... name? yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, the character's name. I still had a good time with it, but it was not, not nearly on the same level as the first one. I did get emotional though when the whole mom thing that got me.
1: I was just so I was just so not invested at that point, Jamie. I was like, yeah, this is just stupid. It's like, what if we do it like this and uh, we do it like that and uh, you know just stupid spinning thing with lights coming out of it and this is why it's happening and i'm just bored That that's all it is and it's, it's uh, <laughs> oh uh one thing i can say um uh to watch if you're a wrestling fan is that um the vice land network is doing this show called dark side of the ring in which they take all these stories that are you know have been told before but not to this extent. Like the first episode was about the death of Bruiser Brody. And I fault the murder of Bruiser Brody. It, it hasn't been classified that in the eyes of the law. But he was technically murdered in the locker room. He was stabbed in the locker room. There's a lot more details to that. And uh, it was all told in the, the guise of uh, Abdul the Butcher. Um, and Tony Atlas for the most part. And there's four episodes so far. I think one's about... Macho Man Miss Elizabeth, one's about the heart, um, the Montreal Screwjob, Bret Hart, and uh, his relationship with uh, Miss Man. And I think the next one is about the Von Erich family. So that should be very interesting, too.
0: Well, I'll have to tell Brian, because for whatever reason, he doesn't watch wrestling at all. Mm. But we watch Everything he can find on behind-the-scenes wrestling stuff. So, like, he watches some wrestling YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't know why. If you (laughs) you watch
1: Jim Cornette videos, you can get lost in those things.
0: It's a a thing. And he's like, I guess he's kind of like the grandpa in Lost Boys with his TV guide. Like if he reads the TV guide he doesn't need to watch TV. I guess if Brian watches YouTube videos about wrestling he doesn't need to watch wrestling. <laughs> so well, I, um, I implore Brian to look for those like documentary. I like documentary stuff about wrestling too. Like I'm not going to lie, it's pretty it's pretty fascinating. And so he's watching them, I make fun of him, but I'm over here watching them with him. So, you know, that But that actually sounds interesting. Like I really do like that like the behind the scenes stuff.
1: They are very well made. Uh, one thing that I didn't really, I frowned upon because it was, they played the real deal tape of the nine one one call for Miss Elizabeth. And I, I thought that was distasteful, but that's just me talking. It's it's like a, they did like a old fashioned, uh, dramatization, like from like a rescue nine one one kind of thing. And they played the real voice of Lex Luger on there. Like I didn't need this in my life. Just shouldn't have did that. But, uh, Besides that, it's, it's pretty pretty hard hard hitting stuff, and I I recommend anybody to watch it. if They're a wrestling fan, especially an old school wrestling fan. Uh, my father would tell me stories about the Bruiser and the Crusher, uh, way back in the day, and I've never seen them wrestle because whatever the, the either the matches are too crappy to put on the network. But I expect them to put those on the network before before a uh, long time, and amongst their other you know bevy of. <laughs> hours and hours and you'll never run, and run out of stuff to watch on there on that WWE network it's it's crazy but this is on a channel called Vice Slam which I don't know what channel it is but I I put the app on my Roku and I watched them off of there and they were good I enjoyed that a lot of them oh well, that's cool Uh that's about it for me though um now for the next segment which is uh
0: well real is, quick I do this. have a Jamie Jenkins go set. ahead it's called Alter. what it what was it, and- what was it? Altered, and I'm way off. It was from 2006, but it was directed by Eduardo Sanchez of Blair Witch Ooh. Project <laughs> fame. So... um there you go and i think it's i think it's worth a watch i really enjoyed it and i've seen it i think twice and i dig it so if you like alien flicks uh and which i as a rule don't i am not a big fan of alien invasion movies like i they're like alien is one of my favorite movies of all time but and i love predator but i'm not a big fan of like you know aliens and saucers coming down and wreaking havoc that sort of thing so you kind of have to do something special to get my attention and i feel like that one did like it was it had some genuinely scary moments and uh i didn't realize it was that old wow but it's yeah it's pretty far back but it's if you haven't ever seen it i recommend it
1: Ooh, i just found it and i'm gonna watch it eduardo sanchez cool. I hate Blair Wedge Project, but I, love, love, I do like Lovely Molly, so there's that. And uh, I can't say if I like any else. I haven't seen any else, I don't think. But, yeah. Speaking of beefs, though, this is the segment that's was named after Jamie's comical stories at the various restaurants that she's worked at. This is the <laughs> Beef Bitches and Mashed Potatoes.
2: Okay,
1: who gets the burly beef? Uh, I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't
2: he order gets fries. The Mine's the a Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef?
1: <laughs> I heard that. Let's start with Jamie. Jamie, you got any beefs, girl?
0: You know, I. I I didn't think I did until you mentioned the restaurants and then I remembered something that really just irked me on Tuesday at, 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 all the time. But I just got really irritated on Tuesday. It's I don't understand why there are people who – when you have a hostess in place at a restaurant and the hostess attempts to sit you somewhere that – like I understand if you're like, hey, could we get a booth instead or whatever. Like our hostess always asks, would you like a booth or a table? But – You know, there are people who just flat, like, you know, like, okay, well, we'll sit you over here. It's like, no, no, we don't want to do that. Like you're dude, you're fucking up the rotation. Like you are, (laughs) you are either, you're just, I don't know. You're messing things up. Like, just uh, like we'll attempt to, we'll try to accommodate people the best we can. It's like, I want people to be happy, obviously, but this goes more toward those people who want to sit in a side of the restaurant that is closed. So on Tuesday nights, which is traditionally the slowest night of the week, we have two portions to the the restaurant where I work. There is the front portion, which is like the lounge area and it has the bar and it has, you know, but it's regular seating and it just has it's where the bar is. It's not like a, it's not a bar, but it's where the bar is and it has seating, like restaurant seating. Then we have the portion that is strictly the dining room it's just a big wide open dining room but on tuesdays we don't make enough we don't have enough business to open up the dining room and there are only two of us on the floor so we confine everyone to the front part of the restaurant because one we don't want to go traipsing back and forth all the way across the restaurant which is a pretty big restaurant for one table when all of our other tables are up front and we don't want to have to like set up and break down a whole portion of the restaurant that we're not going to use. So it's, it just makes sense. So what we do is we have a sign, like a standee pole with a sign pointing to the direction where we want you to sit. And it says, you know, uh, you know, lounge area, please. And thank you. And it's yellow. And it's right in the middle of the, the, the doorway where you'd have to walk through to get to the dining room. You can't miss it. Then the lights are off. The dining room is clearly closed there. It is dark in there and you will always have people who come in and they read the sign and they'll look around the sign, like into the dining room and they stand there for like 10 minutes. I'm like, and we're over there going, come on up, have a seat, come on up and join us, have a seat up here. And they just look into the dining room and they'll look back at you and they'll look into the, And I'm like, no, come up here. Yeah. <laughs> but Tuesday, we had a group of three women who came in. They stood in front of the sign. They looked around the sign. Danielle, the person I work with on Tuesdays, said, hey, come on up here. Have a seat. And they looked at her dead in the face, ignored her and walked into the dining room. And there were three of them. So the person that was in the back, I saw, you know, they were looking at me. And I said, hey, come on up here. Have a seat. They ignored me and walked into the back. Then they proceeded to walk to the very far corner of the of the back of this restaurant that is clearly closed. I mean, like it's just it's black in there like there, there are no lights on. The TVs aren't on like nothing is happening back there. And they're like, no, nah, we're just going to sit back here. And I told Danielle who it was her turn. I'm like, you'll get them. Like I'm not doing with this. I'm not dealing with this bullshit tonight. Like, <laughs> you go get them and tell them to come their asses up here. We're not opening an entire section of the restaurant for one fucking table. Like, it's just it's not happening, you know. And so she goes back there and she's like, "Ladies, she's like, come on up and join us up here. This portion of the restaurant is closed." And they're like, "Oh, well, we're just trying to get ourselves tucked in." Like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I I I under I don't understand. Are you gonna take a nap? Like I don't understand how you tuck yourself into a restaurant, but whatever. Um, and they're like, Oh, okay, we didn't know. Like, don't hand me that bullshit. You had to walk around a an eye-level yellow sign into a dark part of the restaurant with two servers telling you the whole time, come on up here. <laughs> Don't give me that I didn't know bullshit. Like, don't. And this is what I don't get. Never in my life have I gone into a restaurant and just flat ignored what they tell me to do. When I go into a restaurant, wherever they want to sit me, that's where I'm sitting. I'm not about to cause any trouble. They know what they're doing. They either have sections or they're on rotation or they have reservations. Cause we'll have people, there'll be a, res- a reserved sign on a table. They'll just walk in and sit themselves at that table. And That's I'm like, reserved for them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, And you'll have to say, I'm sorry, this table is reserved. Perhaps, you know, I could find you a spot over here and they'll go, Oh, I didn't know. Like, asshole yes you did like i've even heard people say like one of them will say this is reserved and then they'll say i don't care and then you go over to them they're like oh i'm sorry i didn't know i'm like don't hand me that bullshit yes you did you just think that you're special and you can get away with whatever you want
1: i'm just well i'm just shooting fish in a barrel here jane these people white folks i'm just curious about this now
0: (laughs) sometimes but not all the time most of the time but not all the time the three women the other night were not um (laughs) but um it's just it's it's this just i don't know it's the area that i live in if people around here are so fucking entitled like they just they get on my nerves and people have heard me rant about them a lot where whether it's traffic or whatever or just restaurant bullshit and it's just it's more of that i'm like you know we're just gonna do whatever we want no, asshole! You're not. You're in my place of business. I'm telling you what to do. And get your ass up there. You
1: know? <laughs> it sounds like they like they don't want to sit around those kinds of people. If you know what I'm saying, you know.
0: Oh fuck! There was nobody hardly in there. This was like this was like five thirty. On a Tuesday, we haven't gotten our dinner rush yet. So there's barely anyone in the restaurant at all. So you can see there's wide open seating up there. You know, they just they just decide they want to do what they want to do. And I'm like, I'm not about to. No, we're not doing this. And I told her, I'm like, you know, we we should have just ignored them. We should have just let them go in there, sit at that table. They'd sit there for a while and eventually they'd get pissed off and they'd come up front. And then we'd say then we could say, Oh, well, there's a sign right there that says for you to come up here. Like, you know, <laughs> which I Especially love doing. Done. I love making people feel stupid when they get on my nerves. But And for people out there listening, I promise I'm a nice person. I am. I am a server who will bend over backwards for people to make them happy. But when you go out of your way to try to make other people's lives difficult just because you feel like it, then I have no time for you. Because like, that's just not how the world works. So then they proceeded to have a, they had an $80 bill. The, um, one of them complained that her lobster tail was not cooked well, even though she ate it and didn't Uh say anything until after the fact. Then another one complained about something. And even though she ate it and didn't say anything until Danielle brought them the bill, which is a very common thing. I'm thinking, and I were like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you now? Like I have come over to your table numerous times. I mean, I don't say it this way to people. I'm not mean to people, but I'm like, this is is what's going on in my head. I've come over to your table numerous times. I've asked you how you were. You have never said one word to me about anything. If you had, I would have been happy to have it fixed for you because that is my job. But you decide to tell me when I'm bringing you the bill. And I guess you expect me to take it off the bill. Well, too fucking bad. You ate it. You know, you are leaving with this food, so you are paying for this food. If you say something beforehand, I'll be happy to help you. But don't tell me when I bring you the bill that suddenly this and this and this was wrong when you didn't open your goddamn mouth the whole time you were eating and expect to get something for free because that's not going to happen. But anyway, so they, they complained and they were like, well, she's like, it wasn't cooked properly. And Daniel's said, like, but you ate it. Like, <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? And then, so then they proceeded to tip her $7. You have got to be kidding me. And it's it, she wasn't mean to them. She wasn't. She's one of the nicest oh, people in the yeah. world. She doesn't get yeah. rude with people. She doesn't, she's just like, I. there's not anything I can do. You know, I I would have been happy to have them replace it or get you something else if you'd said something. But there's nothing I can do at this point. So... They're like, well, here's your seven, here's seven bucks, you know, go to hell. I mean, really? That is messed up. Um, you know, I don't know. It's like, and if people, yeah, if people tell me something's wrong, I will do everything in my power to help them out. Like I had a woman waving a great, a grilled cheese sandwich in my face a few weeks ago. Nice. Um, because. Was there there ham on it? No, no, no. They had ordered a grilled cheese sandwich for the little girl because it was a party, a birthday party. There were 13 of them, and they had ordered a grilled cheese sandwich for the little girl. And it turns out – now, one of the cooks in the back, he overcooked one side of the grilled cheese sandwich, but he plated it so that I didn't see that. Like he plated the good side up and because he was too lazy to fix it and (laughs) was hoping nobody would complain. Um and I didn't see it or I wouldn't have taken it out, you know, but it looked fine to me. So I took it out. A little while later, I went over to the table and the mother said, you know, she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I hate to complain, but I think my my daughter's not eating this because it's overcooked. And she showed it to me and I said, I'm I'm terribly sorry. I will be happy to get you. Oh, and she said, is there any way that I can get a new one? And I said, of course there is. I will be happy to get you a new one. It should only take a couple of minutes. It's a grilled cheese sandwich. That doesn't take that long. And I said, I will be more than happy to get you a new one. I will go get it for you right now. And I'm starting to walk away from the table, and the grandmother picks up the sandwich and starts waving it an inch from my nose, going, I would never eat this. I would never eat this. And I said, well, ma'am, I, I realize that, and I'm terribly sorry. I'm, I'm going to get a new one right now. <laughs> And she's just still waving it in front of my face. I would never eat this. I mean, do you know how hard it was for me to not slap that shit out of her hand and go, then don't eat it, bitch. You know, which
3: is, Oh my God. I could not do food service because I would be
0: fired. I mean, that's what I want to do, but I don't do that. (laughs) You know, instead I say again, I'm terribly sorry. I'm going to fix it for you right now. And then I run to the kitchen and I have them make them a new one and I bring it out. And it's, a couple minutes like it's no time at all and then the mother's very grateful she's like oh thank you so much you know and I'm like oh I'm terribly sorry that you went through that I want you to enjoy your experience when you're in my restaurant so I'm more than happy to help you I'm waiting for like there Jamie is no cook. need for I'm you sorry. to wave it in my face <laughs> I'm waiting for Jamie
1: to go all Jon Favreau and chef on somebody in that restaurant you know have you seen this Jamie the movie chef
0: no but it sounds like I should it's, it's
1: very <laughs> I, I enjoy the hell of this movie John Favreau's uh a chef who gets gets demoted, he, he gets fired because he uh, he digs into this restaurant. This, this uh, restaurant reviewer, played by Oliver Platt, and <laughs> at one point in time, he, he complains about his his molten lava cake. And he, he picks on the table and starts crumbling down. You see, it's molten. You know, and it's it's a really good movie, and I enjoy the hell out of it. But
0: that is hilarious because yes. we have molten lava cake at this restaurant. So, <laughs> um. That'd be funny. I I can relate, but it's just, there's no reason. There's no reason to just come into a place and be an ass. You know, I don't know. I, um, I have several reviews online and most of my reviews are, Jamie was delightful. Jamie was awesome. You know, and it's because, yeah, I mean, give me the opportunity. I will make you happy. Like I want to make you happy. Um, it is not in my best interest for you to have a bad time, you know, like, that's I don't make money if you have a bad time. So why would I, why would I want you to? I don't. So it's just I don't know. Some people just feel the need to just be dicks. They're just not happy unless they're being dicks. But that's what this portion of the show is about. I get to vent about it, then I feel better.
1: Beautiful. <laughs> I'm happy you feel better, Iris. What you beefing on, girl?
3: Well, let's see. I'm doing uh, some some programming testing that we're doing because we have this huge upgrade that's coming into our system. And, uh, you know, it's nice when, you know, the group works as a team because we're doing what's called integrated system, which is from end to end. We start with whoever starts, you know, like the patient walks into the hospital all the way for the claim going out the door. So my part is the claim going out the door. Um, and so all these teams have to do their thing, but some people are just, just get lazy and think, well, the next person will take care of this step. So eventually when it gets to me, I have like five steps I have to fix because nobody's done it. And I'm like, seriously, do you, yeah, you could drawing? just hand
0: it to me to begin with. And I'd be, you know, it'd be a little yeah, less trouble. Just,
3: yeah. Right. <laughs> just, just let me do it. No, it's, it's one of those, you know. To your fucking job, you know, that. that's, that's why you're here. Just, uh, but yeah, I just get so irritated that I have to get up and walk away sometimes. You know what I've been doing at lunchtime? Weeding. <laughs> because that takes my mind away from what I'm doing. Weeding at work? Uh, no. Well, oh, you don't know? I work from home uh, 25 uh, days a week. <gasps> no, I didn't know that. That's wonderful. Yes, it is. Is wonderful. I get to stay home.
0: <clears throat> we only have to, I only have to go in uh, once a quarter. That's amazing. Yeah, it is that's great. awesome. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I've so been trying fun. to find a way to work from home, but so far I can't get these assholes to come pick up their food from my house. So <laughs> But you know what? <laughs> if you cooked it, I'm
1: sure that they would. <laughs> <laughs> go read them some erotica while they eat, okay? You
4: know. There you go. <laughs>
0: Uh, they'll,
3: they'll with
0: Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, that sounds like an interesting restaurant idea. Yes. It is. <laughs> Always That's... serve as oysters, and <laughs> there you go. You could
3: call it "sexy time." <laughs> You know, pun intended. But, the, you know, use the time as T-H-Y-M-E.
0: T-H-Y-M-E. Very nice. Very nice.
1: <laughs> That's some good punnage right there, girl, I got to say. You know. <laughs>
0: well, good on you for getting to get out your frustrations and to get some gardening done at the same time.
3: That's, that I is very productive.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, then I have to come inside for another four hours and do crap. But, no, Um. yeah, it's just a – I don't know. It, it, for me, it seems like the – and and I don't mean this to all of you, so don't get offended, people. Oh, <laughs> but it seems like the thirty somethings just just want to. I don't know. It's kind of like they just don't want to follow rules and they don't want to do. They don't want to follow steps. Kind of. I bet you those gals were they thirty somethings? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. It's, I'm, that's what I'm telling you, man. It seems like the thirty somethings just feel like they're entitled and they don't have to do
1: shit. Oh yeah! Back to Sexy Time Restaurant. I I gotta make a comment here (laughs) because (laughs) the only reason why it would not work is because of the sanitation rules of a restaurant. Because of all the seat wetness, to be very unsanitary. Oh,
4: yuck!
3: No, you just get the, the plastic stuff, you know, the stuff that your grandma had on the on the couches oh, when you right, went to yeah. visit.
1: So they're just going to sit in their own filth at Iris? Come on now, you
3: know. Oh, come on, like they don't lie in their own filth oh, when Rubens they do that. Did it. It's,
1: it's <laughs> like the wet spot all the time at their restaurant.
0: <laughs> you can well, somebody's got to the... sleep in it. Oh, that's a great name. <laughs> call it the wet spot. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I like that.
1: Jeebus. fluids weeding the wet spot but uh (laughs) geez louise i don't have a lot to beef on this week i'm actually been in actually decent mood for at least the last week or so um one thing i can't stand is uh i mentioned conventions a couple shows ago because i went to one uh this past weekend uh it's called it's just called Fan Fest. I was it once was Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, Walker Stalker. They changed they changed the name just now oh, to FanFest. I've heard sorry.
0: of both of those, and I did not realize that they were the same thing.
1: Yeah, it's just Fan Fest now. They they merged because one couldn't exist on its own, so now they merge into one thing. This has been a couple year thing now, but they had the one section that was Walker Stalker and the one section that was the Heroes and Villains side, but now apparently it's all called Fan Fest now. Um, that's a show that that works, but it doesn't work because um they tend to get cancellations and not pay people back. This is something that happened in in London that's going on right now, and I, I know a couple of friends are still waiting for their credit card information to 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 show up to say, hey, we're getting this ball this ball rolling here with this refund, and uh it's not happening, and it's very bullshit. And a buddy of mine said that the show they had in Chicago almost didn't happen because they didn't pay the last time for the venue. Which, these shows, these shows draw a lot of people. Because especially this show here, because those hero shows on TV are, are a hot item, and so was The Walking Dead, too. So people come out, they come see The Walking Dead people. And then a whole other crowd will come out to go see, like, people from The Flash and Arrow. And uh, this time they had two two or three, three folks from The Haunting of Hill House were there. Got to meet Henry Thomas, and I gave, uh... I never watched a show, but there's a little boy on the show, and he was wearing a fly hat, so I gave him a fist bump. But like, yeah, you wear that hat well, kid. You know, and, uh, I was impressed. But, uh, these people that put on these shows, they, they just, they, they they make you lose faith in them. And that, that's a shame, because I always have a good time at that show, and there's a, it's lots of nice personal experiences. Nobody's real, a real dick at those shows. Uh, and, um... You shouldn't do that as, as a promoter, cause you won't get the guests that you, you you'd want to get, and that's just bad business. But uh, good businesses, uh, I'll bring it brings to a positive note. I mentioned this off the off the off the books here, but um, Michael Rooker was there, and my 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 little buddy, my 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 friend EJ, my my cousin's son, who's ten years old, who shares my birthday, got to get a fist bump from Michael Rooker, uh, Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy, and. Tons of other stuff, but that's what he knows I'm from. Is yonder from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, here's a tip for you dudes out there: Don't eyeball your women when they go meet Michael Rooker. Let me tell you why, okay? He's very affectionate to the women, as in he gives them hugs and he pretty much goes pelvis to pelvis with them, to the point of where I've seen dudes just staring at their women like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "You should have brought him to Rooker." You see what happens? You know, this is this is that. You know, but if you you meet guys like that and. And uh, these guys should say, you know what? Maybe he's just really having a a good time. And I know the girls are having a good time. I've seen the looks on their faces. You know, and uh, yeah, don't be so upset, dudes. And organize your show better, because I hear another story about, and this is not a story, this is very true, Creation is a company that puts on a lot of shows all over the country. Uh, Your Supernatural shows, your Vampire Diary shows, these really big shows that draw a lot of, mostly women, to these shows. They spend big, big money. Well, this is like the second or third time that they got their credit card information stolen, so a little security would help, too, when you're spending literally thousands of dollars on a weekend. I've never done it before. Their shows are too unorganized for me. They don't say when people are going to be where they're at, and I, I work the next day, so fuck creation for that bullshit. <laughs> just, uh, It's, uh, bad, and I, um... That's about it. Really it's it's, it's, it's kind of crazy that these bad business practices happen and it really puts a damper on the fan experience cuz it makes you not want to go back there when you find out this the the, the seedy underbelly of these fan conventions sometimes. Um yeah, that's about it really for me. Uh um today tonight is Calleio. We're going to do two films that have one thing in common murder in uh, an apartment building and that's a real, real generic way of saying that but we're doing 1984's Too Scared to Scream and we're doing 2001's Hong Kong Gore Fest Dream Home and uh, we'll do we'll go in chronological order here we'll do Too Scared to Scream first right after this
0: Hey did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again?
2: Yeah as much as I love Friday the 13th I don't need another show telling me how good it is Exactly, same thing goes for Halloween It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out
0: there There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over Like Oh, I always wanted to talk about absentia And I want someone to cover the room The skeleton key's a good
2: one Then let's just do one We can call it the ABCs of Hidden Horror And we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored
0: Great idea I know what my first one's going to be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new.
1: Too Scared to Scream from 1984. Uh, your cheapo plot synopsis is this. A killer is brutally attacking several tenants that live in a high-rise apartment building in New York City. It has some weird twists in this fucking movie. Uh, it stars Mike Connors, Mannix himself, <laughs> Ann Archer, Leon Isaac Kennedy, who you may know from, like, uh, oh, what is it, Lone Wolf McQuaid, the Penitentiary films, I've watched those multiple times, he's, he's in a whole bunch of random stuff, a very young Ian McShane, who, uh, gives no, <laughs> no qualms this movie whatsoever, uh, John Hurt shows up, Murray Hamilton shows up. Couple of the folks show up, I, I, I've, seen the, I've seen the lady, I don't know her the actress's name, but she played um, Mrs. Grantham in the first segment of Creepshow yes. with yes. the head on the platter.
0: Yes, she had a very small part in this, but I caught her.
1: Yeah, she does show up, but um, I'm kicking the iris first. What did you think of the film, iris?
3: See, Jamie shows up, and I start pulling a Jamie. Um, this was the first time watch for me, and uh. I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I I love the actors that were in this, of course. And then you've got, you know, like you were saying, Maddox and (laughs) who doesn't love the lovely Ann Archer. But Ian McShane, I was so surprised to see him. I mean, he is one of my favorite characters, especially, you know, older characters, because he has just this. Such a presence, and apparently he had it back then too. Because in this movie, he has this presence of like you know he's very dignified, very gentlemanly, and I I don't they know. They keep I just telling love him that, that. right? They, they keep telling him that.
1: Just just chewing that scenery the whole time, you know.
3: Yes, and <clears throat> Maureen O'Sullivan, really, I mean that woman in her heyday, gorgeous.
0: Extreme, okay, that was gorgeous. her. Yes, I didn't see her name in the credits. I missed it, I guess, if it was there. But um, I but when I saw her, I was like, "That! I swear to God, that's Maureen O'Sullivan." And From that. that was her. Okay, all right, well, good, good on her. Yeah, and
3: I don't know. I first of all, you know, I, you guys should know this about me. Uh, I love slasher movies. Period. And to me, this was one of those fun slasher movies. There wasn't a lot of. Um, stalking because it was like the you know the 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 serial killer was already either in the apartment or waiting for people. But it was fun. And so there was a lot of, you know, like jump scares, but they were kind of fun and effective. They weren't like the groaners like, oh guys, yeah, okay, clap your hands here and you know, blow out the candles. Nothing like that. They were kind of fun. It, it was effective. And not that you're gonna Oh my gosh, that happened. But it was kind of like, you know, it builds up that anticipation and you're waiting for something and it's something else. Like, you know, the, the black lady, when she comes in and, and she's like, Oh my goodness. And she opens the the fridge and you're like, Oh my God, he's stuck in the fridge. No, it's like a, an overturned bottle of wine. You, you know, but stuff like that. I kind of enjoy that because it wasn't your, I guess, jump scares that we get now, I guess. So that was kind of refreshing. And, um, and you know, the plot twist at the end, I kind of like saw it from the very beginning, but I guess I've seen so many of these movies that it's kind of hard to uh, kind of surprise me with them.
1: Well, it kind of like that Gialli ending where it just kind of said, okay, well, here it is. This right. Is why he's doing this, you know.
3: Exactly. But <clears throat> the reason
1: why totally
3: blew me away, especially for being a movie from back in 1984, 86. Mm hmm. You know, that really blew me away because that was very avant-garde for that day and age, especially with, you know, gays thought of being the, you know, the bringers of such an awful disease and all that, uh, you know, HIV and AIDS. So it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't cool to be like that, you know, or, or it wasn't something that it was, you know, on main screen. So, yeah, I was I was very surprised and very happy with it. Extremely entertained. Like I said, you know, it was – there was not – the twist at the end was interesting, but I had kind of figured it out in the beginning, but not why. And when I got the why, I was like – I I don't know. It, it just kind of like the movie just moved up a few notches for me, and I was like, I'm very impressed. Thank you very much. So, yeah, I've, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I guess – and uh, like I was saying, Ian McShane, uh, his character – I really liked it. But then I love the the gritty, uh, you know, Connors, the, the gritty detective, right? You know, he's just like kicking the other guy around and slapping people around and the guy with the cigarette butts on the
4: cigarette. Yeah.
3: <laughs> things on his butt, you know? it's It, it was, that was cool. Oh, and here's something I wanted to mention. so at one point, Ann Archer is running in the park, and Ian and his mother are out in the park also, and she's talking to him. They're all bundled up, right? Like it's, it's like extremely cold. So they get back, and the detectives run out the building, uh, and then uh, he runs after them, kind of, kind of like he hears something outside. There is this huge thermometer at the side of the house. And it shows like it, it reads like 76, 77 degrees. And these actors are walking around in these coats. And I'm like, oh, my God, that must have been awful. But I don't know if you guys caught that or not. I didn't catch
1: that. No, but-
0: I saw the thermometer. And they, this is funny because I did see it. I was like, oh, that's just like the thermometer we gave Brian's mom. <laughs> but I didn't bother to look at the temperature. I didn't, I didn't see the temperature. So, yeah, I guess it was supposed to be the
3: winter, but no, I, they must have been filming in the middle of summer. But, um, yeah, extremely enjoyable movie. Uh, the, the cast was great. Uh, Anne Archer. I like her character. She was a bit kick-ass. But the only thing that I was kind of disappointed at the end was that Mike ended up saving her anyway. I thought that she was going to be able to take care of everything on her own. But, you know, she still had the guy save her, which was kind of like, meh. But then again, it was the 80s, so I'll give it a pass. But besides that,
0: I I really, really enjoyed this
3: movie.
1: Cool, cool. Jamie?
0: Well, I, I have to agree. I have never seen this before. I had never even heard of it. And <clears throat> that surprises me for several reasons. One, the cast is incredible. And also... Uh, you know, why have I not heard of this movie? But I, I've always loved Ann Archer. And I was just talking about her a couple of days before I watched this movie. Oh, because I was talking about Fatal Attraction. And I was like, why? What has happened to Ann Archer? Like, where has she been? Um, I haven't seen her in ages. I think the last thing I saw and was this movie that she did with um, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, not Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Gene Hackman. Um, in like the mid nineties and I don't, I don't know what happened to her, but I have always liked her. And this was really fun to see. John Heard surprised me. I, because I knew Ian McShane was in it. I, you know, I saw the names in the credit in the beginning, but I did not see John Hurd coming And this. I'm thinking was a, a very early role for him because this was pre-Chud, um, and that was he i mean he at this point was doing a lot of theater but i don't think he did a lot of film and um so he was well known in the theater community but i'm not sure where he was film wise but this was a very small role for him so i'm guessing it was kind of early on in his film career but i always liked him too so that was that was fun to see i and you kind of brought it up earlier gary when you Uh, we're talking about the ending but when this was over I said to Brian this to me I classify this as an American giallo and it just it has the sort of psychosexual element it has the killer in the gloves element like you don't see the killer and the whole time I was watching this I was kind of torn because I'm like okay clearly this has to be or this, he has to be a red herring because otherwise it is in your face way too soon. And I just don't see that being where this movie's going. I'm like, but if it's not him, then that doesn't leave you very many people for it to be because they haven't introduced anyone really that either wasn't a cop or has already gotten killed. So that left us with just a couple of choices. One of them being the Maureen Sullivan character and one of them being Edward. And I jokingly said about halfway through the movie, I was like, well, it's the daytime guy. Like, you know, he's the only one left. And holy shit. <laughs> but the why, again, just like just like Iris, the why I didn't see coming. I didn't see. And I even said that. I was like, you know what? They got me because I kind of figured the who, but I never saw the gay part coming. <laughs> like, I just didn't see it. And I mean, they didn't give you reason to. But I thought that was really kind of cool and clever and just different, you know, particularly for the time period. Like, that's different. And I appreciated that. I think um, there was quite a good amount of nudity yes. involved. A yeah, good nudity, that, too. Yeah. Uh, you had that. It's, go ahead. Look, what?
1: I was watching it. Like, you know, you hear that this is one, the, one one of my only bitches about this film is that the music kind of overpowers The scene at the times, and I thought it was like a TV movie until that girl's titties popped out, and you know the the girl butt popped out. Like, yeah, this isn't a TV movie at all. And yeah, go for it. I'm sorry.
0: No, I mean you're well. You're right. The music was a little off in places. I noticed it didn't always fit tonally, and that. My God, I love her so much. But that whole that aerobics scene with. I'm going to exercise now. My dance card is full. (laughs) I mean, and that, you know, it would have been fine if she hadn't been doing the part with her mouth all the time. And I was like, that's a little bit silly, but you know, I, having never heard of this film, I'm glad that I've now seen it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I, yeah, I I do recommend it, particularly if you are if you are a Jello fan, because I think you definitely get something out of this. Like, yeah, it it is an American film, but I think it clearly it borrows heavily from that sub genre, and I think they do a lot of fun stuff with it and a really good cast. So yeah, I had a good time with it.
1: Yeah, I dug it too. Uh, like I said, I'm a little bitch about it that the, like the the music really doesn't go with some of the scenes in the movie. It even overpowers the dialogue sometimes. That 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 hurts me a little bit, but whatever. Uh, but I, I like I like the idea of them of somebody having access to, to to in this case a hotel. They can get in and out of different rooms. It's believable. It's put in, in a sense not to say okay they're getting in. Okay, now no, this is actually a thing they're where they work there, so they know all the ins and outs of the hotel. You know they know everything about everything in the hotel. So the fact that they could literally come in any room they want to and murder just anybody—there's not really a motive at all. There's just murdering just for murdering's sake in this movie. Just say, "Hey, here's a body count," and I'm and I'm fine with that. So,
0: you know, I, yeah, that's one thing I didn't quite get. Like I, I, I understand. I understand who like who the killer is and why, but I don't get the motivation for the victim, like for those choosing those victims. Like, I don't know It's unless they intended to. It sort of led you. They were it it was as if they were attempting to lead you right up until the very end until a into a sort of like reverse psycho thing. And the only thing I can think of is that that they were using that to to play off of that. Which it does kind of lead you in that direction until you get, till you find out what's going on at the end, and you're like, okay. Um, But other than that, like from the actual characters' point of view, uh, not really sure. Well, unless it was just like a jealousy thing, but because like like, you know he took out Miss Lonely Hearts. And uh, which they didn't call her that in the movie. That's just my little nod to Hitchcock there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, you know, and Archer probably would have been fine if she hadn't been doing those stretches on the park bench right next to him. (laughs) Oh yeah. I was like, wow, you were like 30 seconds. I mean, six inches away from his mother. (laughs) You're doing these stretches that are just stretches, but it was a little bit provocative. To, to be fair, she
1: was kind of comatose, you know, especially in that very sexy cake-eating scene where he's just shoving food in her mouth, you know. A... I thought
0: that was funny, too, when he's all, who cuts his cake with a – with a? Uh, well, he said a butcher knife. It was actually a uh-huh. chef's – but he was like, who cuts her cake with a butcher knife? And I'm like, well, a lot of people – you know, because m- most people don't have a cake knife in their home. You know, they just – you use whatever you have. So I didn't really – you know, I was like, that's what you're – that I mean, Brian brought it up first. It was like, "That's what he's pinning in," like what he's using to pin it on this guy. It's he cut a cake with with a big knife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, whatever.
1: You, you mentioned the end, and the end is is kind of a, uh, like you said, it feels it feels like a psycho thing because you think that the mother is is a lot, you know, is playing like possum in that wheelchair, and because there's a scene where you see nothing but the torso and the hands you know, running down these stairs. Like, this old lady couldn't do that. And then you find out, in the end, it's, it's not the old lady at all. He's dressed up like the old lady or, or something. He's just dressed in drag, obviously. And the whole, what you get at the end there? But I thought the kills, well, more like the after effect of the kills. Because you, you, you're not really given a lot of gore in the sense of, okay, here stabbing somebody. You see the knife go in and out in and out. But the aftermath gore is pretty great. Um, there's um, a guy who gets killed that is uh, thrust into a hallway. And you can see the, the splitting of the skull pretty good. Even on the the, the probably old DVD, DVD rip copy that we watched. And I, I'm looking forward to... Uh, the only reason I know what this movie is is because I think Scorpion Releasing is putting it out on a, on a nice Blu-ray. So... That's something to look for. I'm sure it's going to be very limited, so get on if you want to watch this oh, movie. Oh, I would
0: definitely own that.
1: Yeah, so that's coming soon. That's the reason why I know what this movie is. Um, there's certain stuff. I, I, I'm sad we didn't get to spend more time with Murray Hamilton, but he was really like a, a side character. But I've never seen him look so gruff. He, he looks like <laughs> if he was the mayor from Jaws, if he got fired after that first movie...
0: <laughs> like I'm just
1: down and out. I left the beaches open, you know. Give but me some more we His
0: kids old... were on that beach too.
1: Yeah, give me some more old granddad. Come on, <laughs> give it for the old mayor. No, I, 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 dug most of the characters in this film. Um, it just, it just was a weird thing. Like I mentioned, the end felt like a giallo. It just, it just came out of nowhere. Saying, you know, by the way. That this, this, this was this. I don't want to give it away if you guys want to watch this movie, but the twist is like, yeah, it's not the mother at all, but here's like this thing, this guy you've seen the whole time. And, you know, it, 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 a lot of these films are like that. And But by the way, it's him, and here's the reason why. It just seems like the motivation was not there for all these murders, but I think maybe it was he was setting up to be the Patsy. That's the only reason why I could think, because you find... There's a lot of police procedural in this movie, and you find that the the only evidence that he could Ian McShane could possibly be the murderer is that he wears he puts on the very beginning of the film you see him putting on like theater makeup, I guess to get dressed up to go to work. I, I don't know, but they find residue of that on a dead body. That's the big John Heard part to make that to make that revelation that they found theater makeup. Well, it, it must be that guy. Let's go get him. And then spoilers, it's not. It's not that guy. But, um, yeah, it was fun. Like I said, first, I didn't say it, but first time watching me, too, because I just happened to discover this film while scrolling on my Facebook feed. I was like, wow, this would go really well with Dream Home because they had the same kind of let's kill some people in an apartment complex. And uh, that is the only motivation for choosing this film, but I'm glad I did. Iris, anything else you'd like to say? And what would you give it 1 to 10?
3: Um, just a, one more thing. I think what gave it away for me was at the very beginning, uh, when the first gal gets hacked up. Um, as the killer is coming out of the the closet, and you know, a stabbing, you can kind of see a reddish color in uh, in the sleeve, and I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what it is, because it looks like part of the uniform. So. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I kind of got the idea of like, oh, so it's that person. But like you said, it, it is a bit Giallo-like. Um, the ending is way out of left field because somebody's jealous of the women. Um, so, yeah, that, that really threw me. Um, but
0: I love how even after I killed his mother, he still rejected right? me. He still and rejected like, me. And I'm like, really? I, mean, I find that so hard to believe
3: dude, um, (laughs) uh, but yeah, um, I'm going to give this an eight because I was really thoroughly entertained. I love the cast and the ending. Like I said, even though I I had predicted it, I just didn't predict the reason why. And yeah, that's why I'm giving it an eight. Cool. Jamie.
0: Um, yeah, I agree with that. I'm, I will also give it an eight. Um, I, like I said, I got the who, but I also didn't get the why. Like I I didn't, couldn't, we didn't know of what the why would be. And that's very Jallo like to say, because with a Jallo, it's like, we're Italian. We don't have to make sense. And, (laughs) but (laughs) being a lover of those films, then this is okay with me, you know, because I love those films and yeah, they don't have to make sense. They just have to entertain me. And they're like at the end like uh this is why you know (laughs) they'll just they'll just give you some random ass reason with some random ass person like what really um and even though i jokingly said like oh it has to be him because there isn't anybody left um and it ended up actually being the person i thought it was i still i never in a million years could have fathomed the, the reasoning behind it. So I got a kick out of that and I got a kick out of the whole thing. So yeah, I would give it an eight and yes, if this is coming out on Blu-ray, I would happily add this to the collection. Cool.
1: I think a, a big thing I need to bring up is this was co-written by Neil Barbera, which is that Barbera as in Hannah Barbera. What? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he he had, a, he had a hand in writing the Prowler as well. Oh, well, um, Scooby-Doo. Nice. So that's that's something. That's a, that's a, a fun fact to throw out to you people. And uh he also did another wrote another film called PK and the Kid, which I never heard of at all. It's, it stars Molly Ringwald and Paul Lamott, who is, uh, was uh wasn't he
0: from Friday two, uh, uh Jamie? Paul Lamott was Burning was the husband in Burning Bed. Okay. The uh the Farrah Fawcett movie.
1: I know the, I never seen it before, I know the film
0: though. You've never seen it? No. Okay, well, oh, I sorry. I just get on it. Get on I it. just programmed a show. We're doing the burning bed and extremities. All right, fair enough. <gasps> Ooh, I'm in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Alex Rocco. Hey, there's some other folks. That, John John Madness himself for some reason. Anybody you know?
0: who's ever c- craved seeing Farrah Fawcett get the shit beat out of her for <laughs> for Yay! two solid movies. I
1: want to watch that for <laughs> sure. But yeah, it's 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 fine. It's it's a great little little slasher, probably a little unknown slasher to most, and we didn't know what the hell it was. No, but, uh, never heard of it. I'm I'm gonna give it a seven because I need to watch it again, and probably with a much clearer copy with that blue ray I'd buy that too. It's 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 very serviceable, and I I, I enjoyed myself watching it. And
0: yeah, and this is my uh, this is my litmus test of obscurity. Brian didn't know this movie, and that is that's huge. Like uh, if. When it comes to stuff like this, if he doesn't know it, then I know that I'm about to get into something Did, really did he watch that, it? That really? Oh yeah, yeah. He watched it. Did he like it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But uh, up next, we're gonna get crazy,
1: y'all, because uh, the gore was not included in this film, but it is included in the next film in Spades, which Dream Home from, from from 2010. Right
2: after this. I want to put my request. Make me as
5: Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing, and we have a backstory and. But well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So. Like
2: screeching cars and explosions and fireworks and. Yeah, yeah.
5: But what about? I like it. Maybe instead of you know doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself, and maybe he can you know just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think? I I mean, we might have to like raise
2: some money. We can do a Kickstarter, and we could just throw it out to like robert england and you know sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors and and i think people will do that i think sure
5: why not well you know what? i don't know maybe we're overthinking this whole thing how about if we just tell people where to find us i like that you can find us at who will survive on itunes stitcher on the legion podcast network and on the raw live and unedited podcasting network also on facebook and instagram under the same name
2: oh wait can we do it underwater Uh, with piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal
5: and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool
1: uh sorry for my my asian speech is bad this one by dream home is from 2010 i believe this is an unrated film uh or perhaps Chiang Li Xiang is a young, upwardly mobile professional, finally ready to invest in her first home. When the deal falls through, she is forced to keep her dream alive, even if it means keeping her would-be neighbors dead. Uh, this stars an actress called Josie Ho. I'm not sure what else she's done, but I'm, I'm interested now, because uh, she is the killer, and they go in the first few minutes of this film just to let you know that, man. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I'm going to keep the Jamie first this time around and ask her what she thought of Dream Home.
0: Okay, this was another first-time watch for me. I had, was not aware of this film, and I enjoyed it a lot. I started watching this one by myself uh, just to try to get it in, um, you know, in time for the show. And I was watching it by myself, and I was over here like, oh, shit! You know, <laughs> like, um, like the opening scene is brutal. I... Oh. That is a fucked up way to take someone out. Like, it's it's very, very brutal. And I was climbing all over the couch because um, it just – it was freaking me out watching him try to cut the, the zip tie and in the process cut himself. And I'm just like – uh, like, I would just – I had my arms wrapped around my head and I'm like, (laughs) like, it was really getting me. Like he's going
1: to hit artery eventually.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just but it's brutal. It's just to just do that to someone and then just leave it. And um, then Brian ended up actually we started we ended up starting it over. And so Brian could watch it with me. So we did. We both watched this one, too. I was really happy with the amount of gore, the amount of nudity, I um, quite a fair amount of both. Uh, the um, the eyeball thing was great. The guts thing was great. I mean, if you're a gore hound, I, I don't see you having any problems with this movie at all. It was it was really fun. But another thing I really enjoyed about this, I think it was well done, is the fact that it was so nonlinear and you basically were hopping forward and hopping back and hopping forward and hopping far back and then hopping forward and hopping far back and then forward and then, you know, present day back sort of. I mean, you were just kind of all over the place so that it took me a while to figure out exactly what the motivation was as far as I know. I know she's doing it because there's never a secret as to who is killing these people, um, that's laid out on the table immediately, but you know, I'm trying to figure out what like, what is her goal? What is she trying to accomplish? And so, you know, as you watch it and you sort of bounce back and forth in time, you, you know, put the story together and you figure it out and it is dark. Like the, this plan that she has is very dark. And, but I like it. I like this. Okay. Like I, I, I am in this and, it says in the beginning that it's based on a true story. I don't know if that's really based on a true story or if that's like, you know, horror movie based on a true story. But either way, it it kind of interests me to to look into it just to see because it's pretty fascinating. And the one thing I really appreciated about it was the very end because the whole thing – the whole idea is that she's trying to get this flat, this dream home that she's always wanted with a view of the sea, and she's been saving up her money all her life to get this, and things keep getting in her way. Her dad gets really sick, and the insurance company won't cover his – the surgery he needs because it was uh, it was an undisclosed pre existing condition that she wasn't aware of. She's not the one who didn't disclose it. Her father didn't. So she's stuck paying these medical bills that – Uh, You know, she shouldn't have been paying. And she's frustrated and understandably so, because she's like, why have I been paying for this insurance all this time if we can't use it? You know, and that is frustrating. So that gets in her way. Also, the couple who wants to, who's initially selling the, the flat, decides to back out of the sale. And that is frustrating. So she comes up with this really clever plan to make things work in her favor. And honestly, I think it's kind of brilliant. I mean, it's disturbing as hell and, you know, and me very mean-spirited. But, it, you know, it works. And so it's fun. There's also quite a bit of humor in this film. Dark, dark humor, but good humor. And then you get to the very, very, very end. And that and if you know anything about the housing market in 2007, 2008, then that's when this takes place. So it when when the actual ending hits, you're like, oh, man, like, (laughs) like, oh, man, all of this. And, you know, for nothing, basically and it's just um it's like wow like i don't know i i really like it i think it was very well written i think it was well performed i i love the whole the fact that if you watch this with subtitles it's clear that they're from a british english Subtitle like and and also they have the co subtitles that are there are on the film like in the like hard coded into the film that the 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 credits are in Chinese and in English and um and that makes sense seeing as how this is based. In Hong Kong. So, and then, you know, several times they're in Hong Kong, but they refer to the Chinese like as a completely different people, which also makes sense. And so that's fascinating. And if you know the history of Hong Kong, that's fascinating. And then they also, I think, do this whole thing where the guy's telling the story about the Korean guy. And he's yeah. like well, he's like well you know Koreans <laughs> like they, they beat their women
1: they come beat on women.
0: Now. <laughs> I'm like wow okay um and then how uh the the wives are talking about how golf clubs or are, are golf courses are basically code for prostitution um you know it's just i don't know i i got a lot of insight from this film or you know did, I just found interesting like it was culturally it was it was fun and, and interesting, and I, I enjoyed that so yeah I had a I had a really good time with this. Again, I had never seen it, and so I'm glad that you brought this to the table because I would have been sad if I had never seen this film because I enjoyed it a lot. Ooh. Iris:
3: Yeah, so this one, uh, kind of interesting, Jamie, that you mentioned based on a true story, because when I saw that, I'd like, really? So I had to go look. Oh yay! <laughs> what did you find out? Well, here's what I found out. Um, apparently there is a interview with Ho Xun Pang, and he was he was asked. You know, it's that's based on a true story, and he's and he's like, well, and here's uh, his quote: "It's the truth that many people would like to buy a flat in Hong Kong, but the plot and the killing scenes are fictitious. So that's as far. Oh as my <laughs> God! Really? True
0: story." <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, I guess I don't have to worry about
3: that then. Right. But dig this. This is, this is what's interesting. Um, He was the the inspiration for this movie. In 2008, he was having a dinner with Raymond, which is I believe a co-producer of the movie. And he was complaining about the property prices were so high and how many people were still able to buy flats. And he says, Perhaps the people have done unspeakable and illegal business before they buy their own flats. And that's where the story started to grow for him. And he's like, Oh, interesting. Because if you really think about it, the whole, the whole theme of this is like the housing market is killer period. I mean, literally and figuratively. Right. Because what she was trying to do was she was trying to buy a flat for one because, um, it was, first of all, her, her grandfather loved the sea and he couldn't see the sea anymore. And they were living in these, you know, nasty housing in Hong Kong. Uh, and then once the British walked away from Hong Kong and left it to China, of course, contractors came in and they wanted to tear all these apartments down where people were able to live. And, you know, that, of course you know, what they call the, the re-gentrifying, which is basically, you know, let's kick out the, the, the poor people and, you know, put the prices three or four times higher.
0: So well, I get the same thing happened in Brooklyn. Um, yes. Many, many years ago, but you know, um, there, like Park Slope, for instance, in Brooklyn is a very high end area now. And in the late 70s, early 80s, there are places in Park Slope where you'd put your car if you wanted it to disappear. Like if you wanted to get rid of a car, you could park it there and, and it would be set on fire. And, <laughs> you know, you'd exactly. never have, and then you could make your insurance claim. But now it's, you know, the the yuppies moved in. Uh, starting in the '80s, and then now they've been revamping it, and now they the homes there the the brownstone sell for a million bucks. So. Exactly,
3: and that's exactly what what these people were doing. So, um, and you can see that kind of play out throughout the, those flashbacks that you were talking about, Jimmy. And but this movie, though, there's several things I liked about it. Uh, like you were saying, culturally, you can see those differences. Um, you know, Koreans are thought of very lowly there because um, they have to, a lot of the times North Koreans will go into China and from China into South Korea because that's the only way they can really safely do that, uh, uh, you know, cross borders like that. So Koreans are thought of very lowly, uneducated, as you obviously saw on there. So culturally it was interesting to see the differences and um, but the the viscera and the gore in this was delightful. First of all, it was a little bit more true to to form, you know, like here in the States and in many movies, not just the States, but many movies when somebody goes to choke somebody or asphyxiate them, they die within, I don't know, what, 90 seconds, if that. This played out. And it was like you were saying, it was just agonizing, You could see, and I love how you could see the capillaries busting in his eyes.
0: Oh, that's what was running all over me, man. It was. Oh
3: my God. It was like, it was so true to form because seriously, to asphyxiate an adult can take anywhere from four to 10 minutes Mm -hmm. to asphyxiate. And it
0: is an excruciating death.
3: Oh my gosh. And that's exactly what this was. And I mean, and you can see the, the. Just the, the 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 frantic way of he, how he's trying to take the zip tie off of him. And, and eventually he kills himself because of it. And then, of course, there's the apartment scene. That was visceral, too. The only thing I didn't kind of like about it was that the, <clears throat> when she eviscerates the guy, uh, they were kind of like flat. They're usually a little bit more rounder, but it was beautiful how you see all this stuff just... You know, it's like a shot between his legs and you just see his guts just plopping out, blah 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 blah. That was like yeah. yes. And then when he takes the, the toke off of his Oh, uh, <laughs>
0: fuck it went out. Like and I kept thinking of that scene in Dog Soldiers where he's like, My guts are out, coop. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, right? You know, it's like you slice somebody open and their guts pile out. Um yeah, like it it will take a while, you know, because you don't have to. I mean, she didn't necessarily hit any major arteries or organs, you know, just open him up enough to have shit fall out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and like... that board, that, that board <sighs> through the bed. And then later when the girl comes back. What the, Yeah, she
3: falls. <laughs> oh my God, I was just like, yeah. Crying.
0: Oh, Jesus she... Christ. It was And just... that was a very Tarantino moment. You know, honestly, that's and that was there were two times that I name checked Tarantino in this film. One because it was very the because of how nonlinear it was and how it was hopping back and forth, kind of pulp fictiony. Like, Um, another was that scene with the police and the girl with the board and then the killer and all of them standing around and then everything just kind of popped off at once. It was it reminded me of Reservoir Dogs. So um,
1: don't you point that gun at my dad? You
0: know. (laughs) (laughs) no uh, very true very true and
3: uh, that that's another scene that i was going to mention was i really like and then the scene with the guy Uh, he's just going at it with that girl and she's just like the the knife just dude and you see it pop out on the other side it was like
1: oh yeah favorite part of that scene is when she does the final slice, and she does, she does it in front, you don't see what happens until, of course, the right. end happens, and the blood splatters on her back, and she goes, "Oh, oh
3: you had a lot, yeah, there had was a something... lot,
1: yes." And then she <laughs> just she just cleanly throws the dick next to her, like, "Yeah, that's what happened," you know. <laughs>
3: that was good. I don't I, mean...
1: for, I don't laugh at a castration usually, but that shit's hilarious to me. <laughs> just the fact she says, "Ooh, you 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 produced a lot or something," whatever she said. Like, she, like he came on her back, but it was blood. Come on. Yeah, it,
3: it was. But see, this was what's so, so lovely about this. That it, it was the gore was, it was a little over the top. Or I don't know if that's even possible. At oh, least not for me. It fun. is for some people, but not for me. The gore was great. Um, there was a lot of viscera, and And um, these outlandish deaths were just great. And they were creative. They were extremely creative. Uh, the pregnant yes. woman oh that was wicked when she fell and you hear that flop oh the flop yeah and you're like oh she lost the baby she lost the baby and all of a sudden she starts screaming and you see this <clears throat> the reddish you know liquid come out of her it was like oh and then for her to put the bag over her oh, with the vacuum cleaner that, i mean that, that i
0: loved. Oh, oh my god god i have you know, those bags was, those space bags was, and that was
1: the selling point for Suzanne for this movie for like, yeah, somebody dies with a space bag at this movie, Suzanne, you (laughs) know?
0: Yeah, yeah. that, that was brilliant. It was so amazing. And like, it's so, and that's, I said the same thing. They're so incredibly creative. It's not the same bullshit you see over and over and over again in a slasher film, you know? No, and there are, and I'm saying slashers aren't creative. There are a lot of creative slasher films. That's why I love them. But, um, You know, there are only so many different ways you can see somebody killed with a knife. You know, this this was something different every time. And it seemed to to, it was, you know, notched up every single time. Like it just got worse and worse and worse, but in all the best ways. Like and then when the husband came home and like he hit the corner of that table and. Oh, my God. Yeah, you hear that crack. That crack. It was just like, any so many times throughout this movie, I just went, oh, you know. <laughs> exactly. exactly.
3: You know, it's been a while since I have watched a movie where I'm watching something I'm like, oh, that, ooh, that was awful. Or like, oh, that, ooh, you know, yeah. I, and, and I was doing that. <laughs> it was and it was, I mean, it was really, really good. I really, really enjoyed that in this movie. So, I. Extremely entertaining, and like you, I'm like, why have I not heard about this movie? I mean, has nobody else seen this? Because this this is great. I mean, this is it's like a movie made
0: for me. Yeah, I don't know it why it's all not elements. up there with the other really well known Asian gore films, or you know, why is this not one that's talked about in the same breath as a Takashi Miike movie? You know, why oh, is you know, why is this not up there with Audition? Why is this not, you know, like. Doublings I, or something because I, you don't, don't understand. Yeah, wow. I don't understand. But now it's a movie that I definitely will be pointing people to now that mm-hmm. I am aware of it because uh, it needs it needs to be pointed to like it. Um, Hello, season two of ABCs. You might, don't be surprised if you see this as my D pick. Um, it's just. <laughs> you said D. I I <laughs> did. Um, I, I, cause I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how this flew under the radar for so many years, but, uh, like, ah, like Gary, had you seen this before?
1: Well, this hit me in a sweet spot where I was still going to the flea market and getting those sweet Asian bootlegs like years before they came out in the States. So I seen this way before most Americans have seen it, that they weren't like shopping for movies that way. But uh, this came out eventually on uh, on an American DVD. I think IFC uh, put this out on a DVD, so you can buy this in the states. But a Blu-ray is um, I want to say the Blu-ray is German. There's a German Blu-ray I think out there of oh, this. Oh man,
3: God, I'd love this as a Blu-ray because I can imagine. I mean, to just the, the Christmas, the crispness that you would get from a lot of the gore that's in this, I, I would just love to see that. And what's interesting is. Um, um, Sorry, I had to clear the throat. What's interesting is that um, um, the CG guys that they had for this uh, in the, in the uh, interview that I was reading, the CG guys weren't very good at the CG, the, the company, and they lacked experience is what he says. So what they had to do is they had to give them as many photos of real killing scenes for their references, and I think they did pretty well. Because, you know, the, that the, the knife in the in the ankle, that yes. was another moment I was like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and, and how do you fix that? You wrap it yeah. up with a, with a shirt or something? You, you have those very handy twist ties. I mean, the, the, yeah, uh, very, exactly. The zip, ties. Yeah. the zip ties are good.
3: But, you know, and then, uh, but so there's all this gore. But then the, the, the other part that's just so entertaining or so good is that you get kind of like emotionally invested with the character because you see like this other the the story behind why she's doing what she's doing and And that is the
0: interesting thing that i at the end when she tells her her boyfriend who is married she tells him get you know we're done asshole uh like we're through and Mm -hmm. she just walks away from him I was like, good for you. You know, this woman has just brutally murdered eleven people. But you're like, Yeah. Yeah. Twelve eleven people, twelve deaths with the unborn child. I and at the same time, when she makes that empowering move, I'm like, good for you. You know, like right. I and I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? <laughs>
3: exactly, It's because that, you know, you, you got emotionally invested with the character for just seeing her go through the stuff that she did. And even I just, you know, the cruelty that you see is kind of, you know, it's very subtle, uh, you know, what she does to her dad
0: you don't know Oh, that <laughs> scene with her father. Holy right? Shit. I was like, "Oh, fuck." Really? I mean, oh. and you could tell you could tell it was eating her up inside. Mhm. Um but that just sort of drove home this obsession that she has. I mean, it is a straight up obsession. And you could there was you know, there was an inner battle going on within her during that scene. And I think it was very powerful, like I just was wow, it just uh, wow, you know, um, and that's the thing is this film did so well was I think it it on one hand it was this crazy, gory, full of fun kills nut job movie, on the other hand, it was so full of of actual character and emotion and it conveyed both sides of that coin very well that it just sort of blew me away
3: yeah you know and it was the same thing with me so you you have all this this score but yet you you have this story and you have this character that you invest in and you get kind of like emotionally attached to her and you can see why she's doing what she's doing yeah, even though it's a a, a, bit, a, a bit of a bit of a psychosis, I would have to say, but but still, this this obsession that she has, and and the reason why
1: she's very aware of what she's doing, and I'll make this clear right away, because at the end of the film, and the reason why I mention the baby is because she mentions the baby, because she's on the phone renegotiating this flat, and she gets it for she wants it for like a million less because guess what, there's been all these murders in this in the, in this building. And you know mm-hmm. what, she come down, because she brings it up, you know, 11 are dead, well 12 if you count the baby, you know, because she did that, there's a look of glee in her face, just to say, yeah, this wasn't just, just because she wanted this flat, she, she's a fucking sadist, and I kind of love it, that you get, you get all those emotions in the film, with the flashback scenes of, you know, because you know, as a parent, I'm not a parent myself, but I'd imagine as a parent... You'd want something better for your children than you than you've had. And she's always had this dream of this flat. Is she going to get it by any means necessary? And I mean, by any means necessary.
0: Well, we also get that moment at her mother's funeral where she goes through when she's praying and and talking to her, you know, her mother, basically her dead. And she's like, you know, Mm -hmm. I failed. I failed you. You know, I promised you that I would buy you a flat. That I would grow up and I would buy you a flat and it would be with a view of the sea and it would be perfect and I failed you. So, you're so me
1: you beg her pardon. She did promise her a rose garden.
0: Yes, so? that's right. Okay, yeah. yes, down. she did. Um, <laughs> and it's there. It, it's yeah. It's that's. It's so. Conf- there's so many different conflicting emotions going on as a viewer. That I, I, that's another thing I praise about this is that they did, they did this film from the point of view of the person who is, who is perpetrating these really horrible, horrible murders and somehow by the time you get to the end, you still are happy that she got what she wanted and then you get, you see in that very final scene where the news breaks about the housing crash here in the U S and how it's going to affect everything worldwide, that you see the look on her face where she's like, motherfucker, like if (laughs) if only she had known, if only she had waited, you know, then she could have had what she wanted and none of this would have had to happen. But who's, you know, who knew? No one knew. I mean, hell my dad died in 2007 and I got saddled with a house in Atlanta that we could not get rid of. And if he had died, a, you know, just a year prior to when he did, um, we could have unloaded it no problem with, you know, a nice hefty profit. <laughs> but the timing was horrible. And it just, no one saw that coming. So, like, the, I mean, the bottom literally fell out. Yeah, And gives- you could see that on her face.
3: You can see that on her face. But what makes me wonder is when they tell her, you know, hey, your bed doesn't fit because of the closet. So her bed is kind of sitting in this weird position and she hears that. So in my brain, my brain thought didn't think of like, oh, wow, I didn't have to do this. My brain went to automatically is like, oh, wow, is she thinking, has she waited a little longer and not, you know, press the guy to to buy that apartment now, could she have gotten a bigger apartment for the same amount of money? That's Actually, where my that's, brain went.
0: Well, and that's probably more accurate, because I had completely forgotten about that whole bed thing, and as a matter of fact, when that, when that scene was happening, I was thinking, because that, you know that's kind of prior to when we hear about the news, and you know, we know what year it is the entire time, because they keep flashing it on the screen, but it didn't mm-hmm. strike me, it didn't hit me, the significance of that, until the end, which I think is another thing that's very clever. Of course, if you'd seen this in, in When it originally came out, it would have been more uh, on the forefront of the mind, obviously. But I, so I didn't think about that. And so when they did the, when they said the bed won't fit because of the closet thing, I was like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Like, you know, like, you know, oh, that sucks, you know. Um, And then I didn't take it any farther than that. And I had, by the time we got to the end, which was really just a couple minutes later, I didn't even think about that, but you were actually probably dead on considering her mindset and how she has been through the entire thing. Well, you're yes. probably I, absolutely right. Damn it. Like God I, I, damn
1: it. I, I think, you know, with the bed, not fitting, it's almost like she, she works. She, well, she saved a lot of money for one thing. So it's not like she's just murdering, just is the murder people. She saved a lot of money. She worked two or three jobs to, to to get this flat. But the fact that this is supposed to be her perfect home, you know, with the, with the view of the sea, and her bed doesn't fit. It just says, you know what? What the fuck is going on now? This wasn't worth my time at all because, my life, my my bed not fits. So and who says that my life will fit in this flat? And it's it's, it's kind of like ironic, I guess. I don't know.
0: It's just, oh, good thought there too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of irony going on at the at the end of this film, and ah, uh, and so good. It
1: it really was so, so good. That's that's all of me. <laughs> uh, two two things. I mean, I mentioned some technical things here. What the the scene with, with, with the with the, the the knife going through her Achilles basically. it it's it's it goes straight through. She pulls. You don't you don't get to see. It. Uh, do, you, do, you, do they show it pull her pulling it out?
0: Yeah. Well, they show mm-hmm. her pulling it out, but I don't know if you get uh, yeah. an actual up close view of well, it.
1: Well, anyway. But for the way she had her, her leg wrapped and, and she had the, 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 the zip ties, you wouldn't be able to stand on that ankle, let alone, you know, go about your business, you know, escape a fucking murder scene. But like 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 you guys said, the, the movie's so, you know, not, nonlinear. You don't know the order of what stuff's happening. So this could have been the climax of the whole murder spree in this apartment.
0: It was because they give you the timestamps. Yes. Um. The actual time of the day stamps, you know, so you can actually see, um, it was, uh, like 11 something when she went to the pregnant lady's house. And then it was 1207 when she went to the house or the apartment with all the, the, the kids where she actually ended up getting hurt there. So that was the last, that was the last trip that she, or the last place that she entered. All she had to do at that point was limp her way out and go home. Although, that would be yes very difficult to do i don't you know i don't see how she was walking at all but whatever
1: another thing she 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 she's kinda ghetto but she's not ghetto enough apparently cuz she's killing all these people in the party the apartments she could have been squatting like a motherfucker just chilling in those apartments that, that she killed these people in and uh it's, it's, but then again it, it, it all kind of happened but with the exception of the opening kill it kind of all happened within, you could tell within, like, a one-hour period. Yes she, just, yes. she just
0: busted up in it there. It was a spree. It was, it was a It was a spree. Yeah. She had snapped. Like, she had reached the end of her rope at this point, and she's, like, by any means necessary. Goddamn. And just went through, went through just a, yeah, just a, an actual spree, which um, was pretty fun.
1: I'm going to go Willis here. The gore's is Good. Store is good, flashbacks are <laughs> good. No, it's all good. I, I love Dream Home. I love this since I saw it the first time on, on that that flea market bootleg. I mean, I, I seen a lot of stuff way before it came out of the states, and I was grateful for having that uh that dirt mall experience with the with the Asian cinema. It's like, oh, you like Saw? Here's something disgusting. It's just, it's just to watch that because that's right around the time where I started catching a lot of these is after Saw came out. And then I would see something from Thailand that was like Trump saw like like ten times over. This is just fucking nasty. And I, I uh I I appreciate my experiences there. Otherwise I wouldn't have seen this movie wouldn't have heard of this movie. This dream home movie. And I uh I love it. It's good stuff. I'm gonna uh kick it to Iris. And then what's she like to say about the film and what does she give it one to ten?
3: Um oh my god, you know, uh I'm going to give it a 9.5 because, my goodness, I love this movie so much. Like I was saying, you know, you, you all the things that I like to check off for a movie, this is it, the gore, viscera, engaging characters, and a fucked-up ending. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm giving this a 9.5. Cool.
0: Jamie? This, for me, is a straight-up 10. I can think of nothing that I would change about it. I i was completely surprised in all the best ways it le it it allows for some really good conversation and some really good thought like uh, my mind was working the entire time which i love and it leaves me conflicted in the end you know what i find myself kind of like with the fireflies you know like at the end of the movie and i'm like jesus christ you were just rooting for a bunch of insane murderers you know. <laughs> but you know there's something endearing about the character and it that is the same here you know i mean she was off a rocker and she was vicious but at the same time you know i was kind of on her side you know which is bizarre but also they didn't shy away from killing an unborn baby which oh, you know always gets oh, points that in was my book
3: wicked. i know that was
0: awesome <laughs> You know, always gets points in my book. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is perfect. Perfect. And I again, I would happily own this and I would happily recommend it to anyone who because uh, apparently I don't know of anyone who's seen it. Like, I don't know, because right? no one has ever mentioned this to me ever.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's a 10. I, I, like Jamie I see nothing wrong with this movie at all. Love this. this is the first time I saw it. I, I love it more now because, especially with this discussion we're having right now, it just makes it all that much better. Because there's there's some some points that I wasn't quite understanding, but now they understand a lot of those points. It's it's ten out of ten. Dave Z, if you haven't seen this, get on it, baby boy. I think you'll like it a lot. You, you know, know, that's
0: precisely who I was thinking of. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I was like, I'm my my next stop is to. Ask Dave if he's seen it, ask Derek if he's seen it, and Bo. Yeah. There are three people I know off the top of my head who love Asian horror, so. But I'll
1: leave it at that. Good times, good movie. We'll be back to close out the show.
2: obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s rabbit and red radio the shade cast iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
1: That's a wrap on this one, guys. Jamie, so happy you were able to join us. Iris, I'm not discounting Iris, but Jamie has been in a long time. I, uh, I know. I, I know. miss Jamie so
0: I much. am very happy that I was able to do this, and I've missed you guys a lot, and I always love recording with you, and so I was very pleased. Also, two winners for films, so I couldn't have asked for a more perfect show to come back to. I didn't
1: pick any stinkers, huh? That's a...
0: Not even mm-hmm. one.
1: <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> there's, there's room for stinkers, trust me. But, uh... Iris, thank you too, babe. I did, uh, Suzanne couldn't make it because she had a uh, a splitting headache and dickheads at work and stuff, so she was uh out of it. But she said uh, she couldn't, couldn't hear. Her. Here.
3: Yeah, I was kind of. I was bummed she wasn't. Gonna, it wasn't going to be a full crew, but hey, you know, like I said, it's it's been so long that I have recorded with both of you, so yeah, I was very excited to come on.
1: But, uh Iris, tell the folks you got coming up, girl.
3: Well. At uh, the Exploitation Filmcast, we have – we've recorded two. So uh, the next one that should be coming out, I believe, is Goliath and the Dragon. And that is a fun, fun uh, sword and sandal film. Of course, my pick because I love those movies. And uh, if you want to, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, We're on iHeartRadio now. So you can say Alexa play Exploitation Filmcast and they will play it. Um, yeah and if you're looking for us we're are we are at exploitationfilmcast.com. Go look us up. Have some fun. Cool.
0: Jamie. Well, like I mentioned, we are recording a new ABC's Tomorrow, which I'm very excited about that. The next ABC's Colossal Collection show that I still need to work on and get out, and Brian is gently prodding me about it on a regular basis, <laughs> is um, uh, the Andy Sedaris special, which I am really excited to get out because that, that is such a fun show. I hear the, um, I hear
1: the Blu-rays are gorgeous. that They put They out are.
0: They are. It's a really fun collection. It's called uh, G- Girl, Girls, Guns, and G-Strings, I think, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which aptly sums up that collection. And I'm a, I am just a sucker for those movies. I love them. And that was a really fun show to do. So that one is the next collection show that's going to be coming out. The next ABC show that's going to be coming out that we're recording tomorrow is Letter U. And we're talking, I've already mentioned Undead. Um, we're talking about The Ugly. We're talking about The Uninvited from 2009, and we're talking about Urban Ghost Story. And uh, again, Andrew Huff from Friday the 13th will be joining us for that show. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that all around. It'll be good to get back in the saddle with Dave and also with Andrew and um, – Some fun movies, so that's good. I also have um, every week, every Wednesday, the Married with Children podcast drops, and um, of course we're going through that series one episode at a time on a weekly basis. So that's a fun show that I do with Alex from Skeleton Crew and Dan, also from Skeleton Crew, And then occasionally we have uh, people on like Jerry Herring, who was an original cast member from that podcast when it started. And – or people like Aaron Duncan will join us, who is just a a listener and a lover of the show. So we have a good time with that and – that is really all I'm doing these days, um, and like I said before, in one week I've got the return to Cinema Beef and the return to ABC. So this is a big week for me, and I'm very excited. And uh,
1: so glad to have you back too, trust me. Thank yeah. you,
0: thank you. I did miss it a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this show, two venom commentaries, and uh. The subset on the V feed, Burning for Springwood, can be found all on LegionPodcast.com. Um, check it out there. I've been in the works for getting some pretty neat items for fleas and flicks. I, I found out what correspondence is, and that people will send you free stuff. Celebrities, it may take a while to get here, but by the time the auction happens, I should have some pretty neat stuff just from, from random people. You know, maybe Carol Burnett. You know, that, that's something people would love. I, I, know, I know I would love that, so but maybe
0: wow maybe has linda item. blair ever given you anything because she's a huge animal lover particularly dogs so
1: i don't like it i don't like to interact with that woman
0: so i know i know I, you I don't, don't. I, was for just... that. <laughs> I know you don't i was just curious if uh you had ever approached her since she is such a big dog lover
1: i won't talk mean about her because flash gordon told me not to okay just it's, it's, <laughs> told me not to he's an awesome man and i, I respect him I won't talk to you about Linda Blair okay. I'll leave her I'll leave it alone um yeah that's that's coming uh winter time next season and flicks and uh hopefully it'll be a big and lot of you guys should should be looking forward to that I hope yeah um next episode I couldn't tell you what that's gonna be i have I have ideas and we'll see who shows up to those ideas but um thanks for listening and uh remember always here at the Sydney beef podcast if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. see you next time
3: yay. Awesome.
2: lip turns to terror and a crush to like When she walked in, he froze up leave it to fright It's cute in a way till you cannot speak And you leave to have a cigarette And these get weak Escape was just a nod and a casual wave Obsessed about it heavy for the next two days It's only just a crush, it'll go away It's just like all the others, it'll go away Or maybe this is danger and you just don't know You pray And told her thinking maybe it'd pass And they talked and looked away a lot doing the dance Her hand brushed up against his She left it there Told him how she felt and then they locked in the stare They took a step back, thought about it, what should they do Cause there's always repercussions when you're dating in school But their lips met and reservations started to pass Whether this was just an evening or a thing that would last Either way he wanted her and this was bad Wanted to do things too or it was making Now a little crush turned into a like And now he wants to grab her by the hair and tell her fucking tear you apart.